This episode of Date Night is supported by ED Wine Company. If you're located in the GTA, Hamilton, Kitchener, or Guelph, you need to get ED Wine Company in your life. Sommelier Elizabeth Davies curates four wines for you and delivers them right to your door. Each bottle comes hand-wrapped with tasting notes about what you're sipping. It's an approachable way to explore the world of wine and helps you learn a thing or two along the way. So check them out on Instagram at edwineco and go to edwine.ca to sign up for either a monthly delivery like Shane and I get or just a single wine package, whatever works best for you. When you sign up, make sure to use the promo code thisfamilytree10 to get 10% off. Again, that's edwine.ca and thisfamilytree10. But Alex. Yeah, Shane? It's time to start date night. Let's do it. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband, Shane. We just ate our weight in chicken. And it was good. Like finger licking. And we want to welcome you to Date Date Night. Night. Well, how was that? I didn't like it. You didn't like it? It's better than what you made me say something about like tooting last week. That was funny though. No, it wasn't. People were laughing. You just couldn't hear them because they weren't weren't in the room with us. But yeah, that one. um, Well, mainly what threw me off, I guess, is you spelled like how we do these is and how we make them a total surprise is we write them on a sheet of paper so the person reads them for the first time but you spelled every word incorrectly well because it was the predictive text i was writing it on my phone that's why i like to go old school with the paper when i do it but alex let's begin here all right so every week shane and i open up a new bottle of wine from our ed wine subscription and it's always something we haven't tried and we try to guess the correct tasting notes that come with the wine like the sommelier puts them all together so shane this is our first white i'm scared cheers we thought we'd expand our horizons a little bit. So we are drinking a wine called Pearl Morissette Chardonnay 2015. Okay, I'm going for it. To me, white wine is something I always associate with partying in my younger days. Didn't seem like an adult wine, but... But this... Okay, what I love about it, and I mentioned this, I said I had one intense note right before we started the podcast. Tell me. Butter. Try it again. Do you taste that buttery? It's like even the texture almost. But the, there's definitely a buttery flavor. Well, it looks like melted butter, so. Well, okay. Outside, it looks really clear, like a clear yellow. But inside, it looks a little cloudy, doesn't it? Oh, that's just because the glass is cold and fogging up. Mm. But guys, this is our first time doing white wine. So, I mean, I think we're going to be off on the notes. But I'm going to say for sure butter. What else? You- I can't tell. I got to learn more about white wines. I feel like I'm not as good at white wines. I mean, nuts? Is it nutty? I don't think it's nutty. I think it's buttery and like... I have nothing. Tell me. Okay. So I'm going to read the tasting notes as they're written. This is the, maybe the oldest wine we've had. Yes. Yes, I think so. Bam. This Chardonnay has blown me away. 2015 was an extraordinary year in Niagara. Pearl Morissette had the patience to let this wine rest and do its thing. And now it's just ready to be enjoyed. That gold color is an indicator that we should be prepared for big flavors. I took a sip and it was an explosion of, Shane, what do you think? Butter. Butter. Well, Alex, listen. What? You put in the request for this wine and you're not, <laughs> like, your number one request was, I like buttery wines. I like buttery whites, yeah. So- if I'm going to drink white, I would like to be buttery. So you came in with a definite advantage. Mind you, I knew you said that. So in good conscience, I couldn't go along with the butter thing <laughs> just because I would feel like a fraud. The next notes are super interesting and I, I want us to both try to find them. But this is very buttery now, though. Right. 
So the rest of the tasting notes go as follows. It's an explosion of butter. As if you put your head under the butter dispenser at the movie theater. Baked apple, cream, toast, and I can't get away from it, buttery popcorn. Rich, decadent, and full-bodied, this wine would be a great match for a meal in which you plan to indulge. I leave you with a quote from Pearl's Tasting Notes as it sums up this wine perfectly in just five words. Its opulence needs no excuse. Oh, this is awesome. This this is totally influenced the way I look at this wine. Right? I feel like Orville Redenbacher in heaven right now. Oh my gosh. I, I just, I feel like this wine is like taken on a poetic quality now. I feel like you don't know who Orville Redenbacher is. The popcorn man. Okay. Well, that was kind of funny what I said and there was no laughter. <laughs> Thank you. A little delayed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But hold on. Do you taste the toast? Because this is funny because one of our favorite donuts in the entire world is what? Buttered toast? Toast From and a butter? place called Glory Hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Toronto. If you live in the area, try to make it there. It's so good. But what's that donut actually called? It's to- Butter toast. Butter toast. Yeah. And this wine tastes like that donut. Like that would be such a good dessert to go with this. Okay. Let's get into my questions. Let's do it, babe. What's the most romantic thing you do? The romantic thing I do? Yeah, I've got mine. I'll hit you with it first just so you can think. But I realized this the other day. Anytime that we receive takeout and I'm splitting it evenly between us, I always give you the best pieces. (laughs) I give you the best pieces. And I think, I, you know what? Here's the thing. And I appreciate that when you do that so much because I notice you do. Mm. And It's very romantic though. Well, I, I do that for you if I make something or if we order something and I'm in charge of the splitting. But I feel like you're doing it because you're like, oh, Shane needs to eat more because no. I don't want the calories. No, 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 when no. I do it, I want the calories. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing this because I love her. No, like if one is uh, like if one thing is like uglier than the other, I'll give you the more beautiful looking one. Or if like, you know, I'm just trying to give you the best taste possible. I don't care how it looks. I just know, oh, that has the most pepperonis. That has the most seasoning. That has the best perfect amount of sauce well like if i plate something for you and you know sauce gets on the bowl or something like that i'll even take the paper towel and like on the inside of the bowl and try to eliminate the sauce sometimes and just make it look really nice when i serve it to you i like if something drops on the floor (laughs) i will eat it if my if i look at my plate and it looks like oh no i I miscalculated i will purposely drop my things on the floor just so mine tastes a little dirtier than yours you know okay so the difference between you and my dad maybe i don't know eight years ago ten years ago we were eating dinner at the cottage my family (laughs) do you know the story no i just i know your dad's always rating food pieces constantly like especially if it's a steak you're like that's the third best piece that's second best this is the best well you're gonna be shocked by this then so he's out cooking the burgers right and the rest of the family we're all sitting up at the table so he brings in the burgers everybody's excited we put all the fixings on our burgers like they look amazing they're made with like really good meat anyhow they were like gourmet burgers i started eating mine and i go hey guys is anybody else like is your burger gritty like, does it taste a little like like there's dirt in it? Or is it the burger? Or is it the lettuce? Is it supposed to be like this? And my dad just kind of looks at me and he goes, oh, I dropped one on the ground. <laughs> oh you got God. the dirt burn. And he just picked it up and continued cooking it and lost track of which one it was. So like A, he could have thrown it out. B, he could have eaten it himself, but he just tossed it in with the mix. Luck of the draw was hoping to, nobody would notice. Russian burger roulette. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. It was disgusting. And uh, you know that feeling of grittiness? Like it just makes your whole oh, soul yeah. cringe. Your whole soul. 
strange. Well, I'm feeling poetic at the wine. Very buttery line there. But wait, wait, wait. What is the most romantic thing I do for you? I don't know what the most romantic thing I do for you is. What do you think is the most romantic thing I do for you? What do you appreciate the most? Because then I'm going to stop doing everything else. You give me like an hour head massage. That's the best. Yeah. That's the best thing. I guess so, right? Most nights I give you a really long... No, let's not go go nuts here. <laughs> not most they've, nights. No, Shane, no. they've been... It's lately, but the, the frequency has been high. The frequency is high, but the definition of most nights would be over four days a week, right? Yeah, that okay. it's happening three or four days a week. Maybe one to two, two to three tops. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying if we can't go saying most nights when it's not. All right. All right. All right. Like, a lot of nights. A lot yeah, of nights. It's just some listeners like to fact check after the episodes. They, they, they'll they DM me. They'll go, is she, <laughs> is she really doing it every night? And then I can't lie. Okay. Do you have a hunch about how you're going to die? It's kind of a fun date night question. Yeah, Shane. Jeez. Like I've <laughs> the last. It's funny because I'm coming into this date night. Like I'm just exhausted. I had a really great start to my day. And then I came crashing down at like 3.34. And I've really, it's been hard for me to crawl out of that just exhausted feeling. So you think like, you're going to die of exhaustion? Because I would like to stay on topic here. No, I, <laughs> I'm just saying that this kind of, this question kind of matches the mood that I came into date night with. Well, geez, Louise, like I only ever imagine myself dying peacefully in a bed surrounded by my loved ones when i'm like 101 and i don't think of dying any other way so boring i know i refuse to think of dying any earlier i refuse to think of dying not surrounded by my family i'm very excited for old age in a sense and i'm i'm really i got this death plan in place and i know birth plans don't always go to plan but i'm, I'm praying my death plan does so. okay gotcha death plan what um, about you what's your hunch my hunch is I'm going to get like, like I have this, I have two major lumps on me. Yes, you do. So I have a big lump on the back of my head, which Oof. I get checked out every couple of years. It's disgusting. Like I, thank goodness I'm blessed with the hair of a young Fabio. <laughs> Just for listeners, it's what, size of a golf ball? <sighs> that's, that's too big. Like no, it's not babe. that big. A Are you golf kidding me? Ball? Let me feel like, it. Come here. Like maybe half a golf ball. It's if the other half of the golf ball is like in my head. Yeah. So half of the golf ball. So it's really gross. Maybe a badminton ball. And then on my lower back, I've got another lump. So one of those could end up killing, taking me down one day. Even though the doctors always assure me like, oh, it's nothing. I, I have a feeling that, that could take me down. In in what way do they you get them checked out? Like do you just get the doctors to touch them and then... Well, yeah, I, I usually go, hey, well, I'm here. And then they think they look at me like I'm like a hypochondriac. And I'm like, hey, I've got this lump on my head. And then the doctor like looks at me like, okay, buddy. And then he feels it, immediately goes to a barf bag and <laughs> lets everything out. And then he's like, oh, should be fine. No, they say it's a calcium deposit. It's so gross. Um, and like, then that's a lot of calcium. <laughs> like, how much milk have I been drinking? But here, have they ever done on either of your lumps a biopsy? Maybe just like ask for a biopsy of each. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be a hellish day for you. I don't know if they do them in one day, but the one in your well, back. Like, do biopsies hurt? I don't even know what they're. I don't know. You go in, they open you up, and take a little sample of okay. the tissue. Sounds gross. Yeah. If you suddenly woke up as a member of the opposite sex, what are the top three things that you would definitely do? I woke up as a guy. Oh, I'd just, I'd pee. I'd try to see how far I could pee, I think. And I'd just like do the helicopter, you know, the helicopter thingy. I don't know if like that's something common that people do where you spin well, your I, penis. I think you might need to have a longer penis to be able to, 
to do a helicopter thingy. So I don't think every guy can do the helicopter. Well, you know, I'm. that's the first thing I'm going to try, I think, and just kind of well, wiggle it around. You're assuming you're like Tommy Lee in this scenario that you've transported. Yeah, 100%. Okay. But regardless, I'm going to helicopter for the entire morning while I drink my coffee okay. and just have fun like that. Next, I mean... I'm going to go ask for a raise at my job and I'm going to get it. And then what else would I want to do if I was a guy? I don't know. I guess I'd want to see if I was good at picking up women. Very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just if you look like me. <laughs> but no, uh, I, I think it's like, difficult. If I wake up as a guy and I have the experience of being a woman, you yeah. know, it's like, what's that movie? What women want? Yeah. And it would be like that vibe without the annoyance of having to hear their thoughts all the time. So then I'd just be you know, 20 legs up on all the men in the universe. And then I'd be like the king of the universe. And that could be cool. What about you? Okay, well, if this is all things being equal, I, I would have what double D's. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know, I would. Uh, yeah, I would Just bounce I, them around. Yeah, I might I might go picking up guys. You used to tell me that you were jealous of the fact that I could breastfeed and experience oh, like all yeah. the pregnancy stuff. Yeah, that would be fun breastfeeding. And I guess, yeah, I'd be able to actually, because in this scenario, my boobs are so big, I could feed myself with them. Like baby on one, you on the other? I guess the baby could join in. Milk on the tap? Yeah. Uh, Do you ever, like, when I was younger, I think, I'd, you know, think about it sometimes and I'd be like, you know what? I I wish I could know what it was like to be a man. But now that desire is completely gone and I do not care about ever being a man or knowing what that's like. Like, I just, it's, I'm so over that. Did you ever, like, want to know what it was like to be a woman? Like, earnestly? I guess a little bit. Just to know, like, imagine I just went into your brain, though, and the way I saw the color green was different than the way you saw green. Well, now we sound like stoners. I did eat a little bit of shrooms tonight. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's the strangest thing you've ever seen? It's two different things, all right? So I have two different times that are equally as strange. The one, I guess, is more of a natural event. It was, I was sitting um, on uh, Miller Lake with my friend Matt, and we were just like hanging out. It was, I don't know, like kind of evening, the sun was still out, and we were just kind of looking at the lake, and then all of a sudden, a ball of fire, like a big ball of fire came into the- A great ball of fire? uh, Goodness gracious, and it- just came into the sky, shot across the sky. I like all then... the burps you're fitting into this story, by the way. <laughs> Alex just burped three times. Not sure if you can hear that, but. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it just, it came in the sky, was a ball of fire, left the sky. And. So what are you, are you suggesting it was definitely like. Well, a, it was like a piece of debris coming into the atmosphere, but it was like close to us relatively speaking and it was so big and so obvious i'd never seen anything like it so that was really cool uh and then the second strangest thing i ever saw was so my parents live on what is called uh well it's the niagara escarpment uh and if you live in hamilton it's called the mountain and it overlooks the city and overlooks like ontario and everything and one day we were sitting in the backyard and i was with my mom my dad my brother uh, and my best friend, her family, they lived down the street. It was a beautiful summer night. And everybody's outside in their backyards. So over the lake, there are, like, I think it was five lights. And it was just like like five stars. And they just got really bright, right? And they were just kind of all over the place. But then 
they started to move Shane in formation. I kid you not, okay? They started to move, got in a line, then they moved together, and then shot off in different directions. Alex, I do not believe that. I know you don't believe it. We have How it old on were you? we have it on footage somewhere. I was like twenty four. My parents who, who were there. there. It was me, my parents, and Jake. My f- best friend Victoria and her entire family were down the street, and then her cousin and his brother lived in between us so at the time. So, what, what do you think it was? Well, what do you think? I think it was. Tell me. There's only one. What answer? Aliens. Oh. So you, it couldn't have been airplanes. Practice. Oh, Shane. No, no, no. Like. The way that they were moving and then the speed with which they left after was wild. And immediately I called Victoria the second it happened. Like I'm, you know, wearing my tinfoil hat and everything. I call Victoria and she goes, oh my God. Like before I say anything, oh my God, did you see that over the lake? And then I start freaking out. I was like, yeah. And then like people on our street were like coming outside and being like, what was that? What was that? It was crazy. It was really, it was really scary. I almost want you to call Victoria right now and ask her about it. Oh my gosh, we can call my mom right now and ask her about it too. Hello. Hey mom, uh, Shane and I are currently recording a podcast and he asked uh-huh. me about the weirdest thing that I've ever seen or the strangest thing. What? Well, I said the lights that we saw over the lake that one day when oh, we were no, sitting in... Hang on a second. I'm just putting you on speaker. John and I are eating dinner. Okay, go ahead. Say it again. Okay, so I said the strangest thing I've ever seen was the like alien lights that were over the lake that one day. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, can you elaborate? Oh my god. Well, we made foil foil <laughs> Oh, I thought you were kidding. You actually made foil hats. Yeah, we put one on the dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But mom, like what was it? Like kind of describe it in your memory. Okay. It was like um three can't remember how many three or four or six lights and they were high high in the sky and they uh all of a sudden started forming together and then they all came down and they were in unison and then they all went flying off in different directions yes see and and you don't think those could have been airplanes no oh my god no no they were quick yeah really quick yeah mom i know i know was dad there too No, he, you were with me. I, I know I you were. not there. But Victoria saw them. Ha! Huh? <laughs> yeah, so you, you got to ask Victoria as well. Was I, anyone I, drinking alcohol? I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, but, I don't okay. think so. But, it does, but it, whether if we had a glass of wine, I don't know if we did, but it, it didn't matter. Right. Because, no, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, so let's say you were not drinking. My question to both of you would be, did you ever do acid? Okay, <laughs> because that that might have been the flashback, <laughs> which is the only reason that I never did acid. But okay. and I would have done it only if I knew okay. I was going to get a flashback thirty years later. And Kevin Costner and Field of Dreams said I never took acid. And she said, "Well, maybe it's a flash forward. Maybe you're going to take acid someday." Wow, and that would be so sweet. All right, mom. Hey, mom, and I, mom and I are doing acid. All right, your sixty fifth <laughs> birthday, you guys. See so you what? have. Have a great night. Okay, bye. 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 Thank you. What do you think of that, Mapples? I like that. Yeah, it was good. No, I, I, well, even with even with the Victoria confirmation, do you believe me? Okay, my next question was actually, when was the last time you genuinely felt proud of yourself? And I 
think <laughs> I think we just answered that. But strangest thing I've ever seen. Okay, one of my favorite movies is Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock. I love people watching. I love like when I was a kid, the main present I wanted when I was like nine was binoculars. Because I love like the idea of just watching innocuous things. It wasn't, <laughs> I know it seems so pervy, but I wasn't like as a youngster, I was just thinking like, oh, I'm going to spy on other people's right. lives. Like I love reality television. I love, I just, I don't know. I just like seeing what other people are doing. I always wanted to be a detective. And then I ended up living in this very cool rear window-esque apartment complex when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. You were at this apartment. So oh, yeah. You, so, you know, when you're on the balcony, you can see into all these other apartments. So some nights I would just be out there with like a glass of wine or whatever and watching the other apartments. <laughs> and then one night I hear sirens and I'm like, oh, imagine they were coming to this apartment and something cool happened and I got to see it. So all these sirens, all these cop cars pull up. I'm like, whoa. They're coming to the apartment across the street. I could I could get an awesome view into what's going on. Right. So I'm seeing all these people freaking out in an apartment. What's going on? They're like hiding. They're hiding stuff. Oh, my God. All of a sudden, the cops are all billowing out and going up the elevator. Then they're, they knock on the door. They bust into the apartment, start looking for drugs and everything, start ripping the apartment apart. I'm oh like, my oh, God. my God. End up arresting the people. And then, but they never found the drugs. But I knew where the drugs were because I could see I could see where they stashed it. They put it in like this weird part in the couch. The couch had like a compartment underneath the cushion. Right. So the cops like take the cushions off, but they can't like find oh, where it is. Weird. But it was so cool to see all that and like have this knowledge that the police didn't have and did you ever call the cops and you were like hey guys you know you busted up the apartment on whatever what was your street called again oh i don't know oh something way yeah it was the guy's name that made um superman wasn't it the guy that that drew superman oh right i never knew like that that my heritage canada thing mm-hmm. if you're in canada you you'd know it there's like that Wait, that I gotta look this up. train commercial <laughs> it's like he's fast as a bullet no a train I'm like yeah no, he's like, he's fast as a uh, speeding train. He's like, no, a bullet. Now, what's his name? Joe Schuster. Oh, Joe good, Schuster yeah. Okay, so I live in Joe Schuster. If you could relive a certain year in your life, what age would you choose? Jeez, babe, I'm now. Now, I want to live this year twice. Okay, boring. Uh, let's go to the <laughs> next question. <laughs> yeah, that question maybe sucks anyways. Um, what was your most embarrassing romantic blunder? Okay, so... It's only embarrassing because of how your reaction to it and everything. But early in our dating career or early in our our dating life together, uh, you know, maybe we're like a month in. I came to your apartment on Joe Schuster Way in Toronto. I took the bus up from uh, Hamilton and I had made these I baked these cookies for you because I thought it would be just like a nice thing like bring cookies and I'd leave them there and then was a nice thing throughout the week you could eat them and be like oh Alex is so sweet and you'd be thinking about me every day while you're nibbling on your cookies and then (laughs) I brought them up and you didn't like them I saw that I didn't like them they weren't good they They weren't, weren't bad at all they weren't bad but like they weren't the best cookies and you really they were okay they were just they were really hard yeah and they were a little like classic alex like burnt a little bit but once you got through all that they were tasty right but then in my brain i'm going 
oh my God, I can't, I can't leave these here. Cause then every time when he eats them throughout the week, he's going to think of me, but instead of thinking, oh my God, how sweet she is. And like, she's going to make me happy in life. You know, way to a man's heart is his tummy. And then I'd be like, no, he's going to think about what a dumbo I am for making these crappy cookies and bringing them to him with the goofiest smile on my face. And I was so proud of bringing them and so excited. So I was like, I, I got to get rid of this cookie evidence. So when I left your place the next day, I packed up the cookies on the slide, like snuck them into my suitcase and just did not mention it, left and then like the next day, you go, hey, Alex, like, where'd you put those cookies? And I said, oh, I brought them home. They weren't good. And then you were like, oh, that's weird. And then that just, that, I was so embarrassed. Well, that was weird because you drove too, right? I don't know. Because I would go between driving and taking the train. So I don't know what I did that time. I could have driven. Yeah. But you also, typically when you bring alcohol to someone's house, <laughs> you leave the alcohol. Yeah. But you brought food and alcohol and you took you took like your little, you had like two and a half shots remaining in an alcohol bottle. So you took the alcohol back with so such little alcohol in it and you took the cookies back. I was like, this woman is extremely cheap. In my defense, I was 26 and yes, I was cheap because I had no money. So I needed that alcohol so that I could, you know, have a drink or two with my friends the next night. Yeah, I just thought it was a strange move. And when I was tasting the cookies at that time i was trying to be my most authentic self i thought <laughs> oh i don't i want her to know i'm not a phony so when i was biting into the cookie and it was like chipping my teeth Shame. that's how they, well, you're, so st you're still embarrassed about the cookies no, i can't so talk it about wasn't it. good then they hurt my teeth but they were tasty <laughs> once you got past the like dental damage it was okay and honestly they, they were good but i'm like oh i'll actually like give her my real opinion i'm like you could hear my teeth were chipping away. right right so i was like oh they're a little burnt but you know uh i like i like burnt cookies i think i made like a weekend at bernie's joke or something <laughs> and because like bernie's i don't know i was making weird jokes at that time <laughs> And then um, <laughs> the fact that you took them, I was like, okay, now I have to double down on my authenticity. I said I didn't like the cookies. Now I have to tell her I, I find it a little weird that you took them back. Well, Shane, I didn't want to leave you with weird thoughts of me, but I guess uh, that was a blunder. Do you consider yourself a great kisser? Yes. Do you? I don't know. No. I, would, I wouldn't say I do. I wouldn't say I don't. Would you consider me a great kisser? We're compatible. <laughs> So that's a no. That seems like not like no. Super you are. You're, you're you're a good kisser. Yeah. You don't and seem, I think that you we seem have, like angry though now. No, no, no. I think that we've worked it out to a place over this relationship to meet each other in the middle. Okay. What do you think is overrated? Oh, I thought you were going to give me options like this, this, or this. No. What do you think is overrated? Star signs. Speaking of superstitions, that makes me think of star signs. Never been a person for star signs. I don't know how much, you know, we should put into them. Maybe we should. Maybe I'm the goober here. But yeah, I think that whole thing is overrated. What do you think is overrated? Babies. Baby. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, I really feel like everyone's like, oh, my little baby. And I'm just like, grow up already, you know? See, I love the little babies. Like, Betty's been the sweetest little baby. And I love yeah. just picking her up and planting kisses on her and squeezing her and, you know, being able to baby wear her and everything like that. Like, I, I really do like having babies. 
Aside from all the crying. Yeah, I like having the baby because they eventually become not a baby. And they have to go through the baby phase. Baby phase is the least fun. Toddler phase is the best. Toddler phase is so underrated. But it requires a lot of work. See, I think the toddler Way phase, less work. Are you kidding me? For me, it's less work. See, okay. So Lucy requires me every... Once every 10 minutes, I'm putting out a fire of some sort. Okay? With Betty... She's just, I mean, happy as a clam all day long. I guess if you're holding her, if you put her down, she's just like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, but then you get to just strap her, like, on you in a baby carrier and go for a walk. And, like, you're cool. Toddler, it's like, she wants to ride the bike. Oh, no, no, she wants to be held now. Oh, no, now she wants to go in the stroller even though the baby's there. And it's something new every two seconds. And it is kind of psychotic, but it's also cute and it's also super fun. But I, I do love the toddler face but I, I do like the baby face too honestly aside from the exhaustion i think it's so cute and like i'm already sad not to have an even tinier baby what is your catchphrase i do not have a catchphrase have you ever had a near-death experience i don't know i had like an 11 minute seizure once when when i was a kid it was real bad because I, I used to get seizures all the time. I wasn't epileptic, but I had grand mal seizures, which like the frequency is really high. But uh, yeah, I had one in hospital that lasted for 11 minutes. My parents thought I was uh, going to be a goner or at least have severe brain damage, but I was okay. Well, that's not a very fun near-death experience. Well, I, I don't remember it, but I haven't, I haven't had a near-death experience since. Alex, come on. What? What about that time we were at my boss's cottage? Oh, geez, very, Louise very Shane. steep hill. To, some cottages that. have very steep hills. And at the time, oh I was God. trying to prove to my boss that I drive my woman around. <laughs> so I was like, hey, yeah, you know, it's like a typical guy girl relationship. I'm the guy. So I drive the car, even though in reality at the time, Alex was driving most of the time. But I was like, hey, let me drive the car when we're leaving. So it looks like you know, very sexist move, even though I wasn't really the guy. Like I was, I was acting like I was the guy who drove, but the car needed to be in a special gear to go up this hill. Yeah. And I didn't know that. So I didn't put it in the gear. I just put it in drive, which is a D. Like it seems self-explanatory. You're driving, you put it in D, start going up the hill. We're chugging along and all of a sudden we're going backwards. Then we're picking up steam going backwards. Now we're going really fast and we're headed right for my boss's cottage as we're leaving all these people came out from the cottage and tried to push the car back and we were teetering off like an edge that had we fallen over we would have fallen into the cottage and had to roll the car and it was like millimeters away from doing that and he had he, i forgot if you said he had just sold the cottage so it would have been such a huge issue financially. insurance would have yeah. covered it but it would have been an issue financially because i would have lost my job <laughs> and that would have hurt us financially but that was I like about that. more than anything oh it was just God. super embarrassing yeah but here's the thing so like, i usually do the driving in this house and honestly i don't even think i know what to do in that situation no so that, that, that hill was so steep and i've never run into a steep hill that my car wasn't able to handle until then and then my boss had to drive the car up the hill for us. Like you put it into like second oh gear or something. That was, that was embarrassing. And we were just like sitting out of the car, like watching him and just yeah. feeling so foolish. Yeah, but that was definitely near death. 
And imagine I survived and you died. Oh, Shane, that's awful. Regardless. Like I'm, how embarrassing that would be? I feel like I'm going to die of embarrassment right now just because that story, remembering what happened is uh, incredibly embarrassing. What scene from a non-horror movie scared you as a child? I was really terrified of the scene when Ursula came up and turned into a giant because she got King Triton's trident, turns into a giant, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get you. And then she tries to kill uh, Ariel and Prince Eric and everything like that. And, but Ursula is a terrifying villain. Like, she's an amazing villain. Little Mermaid's not a horror movie. Terrifying scene. Have you ever seen the opening to Unsolved Mysteries? No. It will make you... Like the show? Yes, with Robert Stack as the host. Is that what we used to watch at your at your Joe Schuster apartment? No. You'd always have it on the TV? No, no. that was Forensic Files. Oh, I used okay. to be obsessed with Forensic Files, and I would make Alex watch it with me. But if anyone's around 36 years of age, mid-30s, you probably know what I'm talking about. The opening to Unsolved Mysteries will make the hairs on the back what of your neck it? stand up. Describe it. It's just like this, this, this scary, This the song is like freaky. And the imagery is like so real. I, I'm going to see if I can find it. On is YouTube. it like, it's like murdery imagery? Okay, that's not it. Well, there was a spooky skull, Shane. That was nothing. (laughs) I'm telling you, it used to be terrifying. Well, maybe that skull just used to be a lot more frightening to you. No, it wasn't the skull. There's like a scene in a kitchen that is freaky. What happened in the kitchen? You don't want to (laughs) know. No, but... uh... Okay, would you rather have a nosy neighbor or a noisy neighbor? Nosy. I like a good nosy neighbor. They hmm. help out with things. They're always around to chat. I don't mind it. I was going to say noisy, but you've convinced me. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. Alex, what a great episode of Date Night this has been. <laughs> hey, they can't all be hits, people, all right? Give, give us a break. We've given you 12 pretty good ones, so one flop who never hurt anyone. I'm kidding, of course, because this was a great episode. Cheers Cheers, to the ending of Date Night episode 13. And, uh, you know, subscribe. uh, Rate us a five-star review. We love it. We love you. And we love each other because it is Wednesday night. Oh, give me a kiss, Moopy. (laughs) 